0: Welcome to Just to Know You, the podcast that interviews regular people at SAES and finds out they are far from regular.
1: That's right. I'm your host, Darian Batten.
0: And I'm Angela Kerskaden.
1: Let's get started.
0: Darian's story today. So welcome, Darian.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me.
0: I'm so excited. And your last name is Baton? Batten. Batten. Oh Batten, okay, no. Darian Batten, welcome, welcome. Yes. Thank you. All right, so let's start with some like really general question. Where did you grow up, and where are you, where are you
1: from? Oh, you know that's an interesting question. <laughs> uh, I grew up in Chuckatuck, Virginia, which is a very small uh, rural place. Um, I was born in Germany. Ah. Uh, I was an army brat, um, and then we moved from Germany when I was about five to. I think we moved around to Texas and Kentucky, if I'm not, I don't, we moved around to a bunch of different places and then we settled in Chuckatuck, Virginia, a small rural place, and stayed there until I decided to really go overseas.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. So do you remember much of living in Germany?
1: Uh, I remember a couple of key events. I remember almost drowning. Oh. Um, I, remember, <laughs> I remember being a very stubborn child. <laughs> and uh, I was with this this um, couple, I think our family, our families were swimming together, and they specifically told me not to go to the deep end. And I went anyway, and I remember being pulled out. And um, I remember a really specific um, lesson about the universe hmm. where we were in a tent and there was this ball and it had, I guess the constellations in it and then there was a light in the middle, and then the constellations were shown on the ceiling of the tent. And so the, for some reason, I just really remember that. You know, and back in the, what was that, back in the 80s, that was like, <laughs> <It's> <laughs> that was prime so time cool. technology. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember those two key events of kindergarten uh, in, on a military base.
0: Very cool. Okay, so you moved to Virginia, and then and then you you moved around a little bit, and then you la- stayed there until forever. Or when yeah. did you leave?
1: I come from a very small uh, town, so my mother and my father actually grew up on the same street. Oh wow! Um, and so we have it's a little running joke um, because we have a lot of you know double cousins oh, because one that's family. Hilarious. <laughs> One family just dated the other family, so and married the other family and had kids with the yeah. other family. Yeah. So you know, everyone's at the same family reunions, kind of looking at everybody, yeah. you know, a little different, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just giving everyone the side eye. But it's just two families just married yeah. each other, and so yeah. I, I grew up in this place. So we, when we returned, we were beside both sides of the family. So large yeah. cookouts a yeah. uh, large family and just loved it everything was so family extended family oriented um that it was a great time I grew up with a bunch of cousins that are like brothers um yeah. that we still talk to and have those relationships so it was it was a great time
0: wow it's really special sounds like you had a great childhood what about yes. siblings
1: i have an older brother uh andre um awesome awesome guy um and so he, I'm trying to get him over here. Yeah. Uh, we'll see how that goes, just to come visit and see. And, yeah. you know, I think it would be awesome for him to come. So as soon as we can, we're going to bring him on over and we'll see how it goes.
0: And then so kind of take, we're going to stick onto this chronological order a little bit. So how did, how did the rest, did you go to college in, in Virginia or where did you go to
1: school? I went to Longwood. Um, I was originally a psychology Ah, uh, major because I went to this experience in Heavenly Waters, yeah. um, where it was just amazing. Um, it was a summer camp, yeah. and we took children from uh, that had some struggles acclimating themselves to a normal environment, and we took them all and threw them in the woods. <laughs> and what you saw was that whenever it kind of leveled the playing field for everyone, yeah. so there was some amazing like people didn't necessarily need medicine. Uh, they were able to slowly mm-hmm. come off their medicine because now, you know, the the woods are relaxing. Now you were sure. in the morning, you were on a pond filled with fog. So you're talking about meditation. That's the perfect place to do it. And mm-hmm. so um, it was amazing just to see the transition in these individuals with some love, um, with some, okay, we're going to teach some archery. We're going to teach canoeing. Uh, we're going to teach how to build you know, a shelter. Um, It was just a lot of... And just spending time. You figured out how much of an impact you could have on an individual. And so that's where we started giving, like, teaching. I think I was about 14 or 15, but teaching, like, moral Mm. stories, how to handle um, conflict, appreciating that you need various types of people. Everyone needs someone who's kind of over the top because they have their place. Everyone needs someone that's meek. Everyone needs a clown. You got to have those when those... Times are of struggle. You need someone that can bring people together and bring the comedy, and you know, just learning how everyone has their place if you're really going to bring people together. And so that is what inspired me to want to do psychology to kind of be the reactive piece to things that children are dealing with. But as I pushed forward through college, I was like, well, I kind of want to be the proactive piece. And the proactive piece where I saw it was in the schools where if they maybe could have interacted with someone before. Then it wouldn't have gotten to a point where um, they had to experience the reactive piece. And so it's um, I don't know. I went to school. I think what was the question? And I went, to school. <laughs> I went to school. I went to school very close to home. It was about a two-hour drive uh, to Longwood University, a small um, liberal arts college in Farmville, Virginia. It was awesome. It was it was just what I needed.
0: That sounds amazing. I'm curious. You you, you phrased it by saying that the the camp you viewed that as a a a reactive but do you feel like being in wilderness for children in some ways is proactive
1: yes ma'am i think i would love because i I still don't know what i want to be when i grow up somewhere (laughs) down the line in some capacity i could see like some camp experience where you're going you know out into the wilderness and you're just experiencing all the nature and all the lessons and the Mm -hmm. scientific lessons that Mm -hmm. the world has to teach us. I think it's proactive or reactive when it's decided or when we decide to implement it. Mm -hmm. You know, is Mm -hmm. it, you know, I would love for it to be part of curriculum in schools or Mm -hmm. for it to be not mandatory, but an option for a lot of individuals to partake in uh, those team building activities Mm -hmm. and those environmental um, struggles that occur when you're in a new place and you have to overcome mosquitoes and is that a coyote and you know mm-hmm. copperheads and you know mm-hmm. it's cold and sure. we need food and you know I think that's what really um, builds a team and family and all those dynamics that we want in places that we work live um, breathe and exist in you know what do they say an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure and we have to make sure that you know, I think educationally, in my educational paradigm and utopia, it's all—it's—it's it's there, and we're filtering kids through all these initiatives or through all um, these experiences to see what they cling to. And then once we know what they cling to, because they've been exposed to, you know, not only nature camp, but rocket camp and dominoes and chess and, you know, and then we can see what they cling to. And then we start their educational experience with their passion in my utopian society, you know, to make a short story long. Uh, <laughs> yes, I think that definitely proactive camp. I, I'm a true believer in camp and Boy Scouts and that uh, it just builds character and connection and cunning uh, and having to overcome various problems.
0: Yeah, it, it sounds to me that you have a really strong sense of service. And where do you think that comes from?
1: Both of my parents were in the service uh, industry, so to speak. Um, and then even going along the lines of prevention, um, intervention, and rehabilitation. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom was intervention and my dad was rehabilitation. Mm-hmm. And so my mom... Uh, was a social worker and my dad was a uh, correctional officer and so um, I think for the duration of my life and my brother's life we saw a lot of intervention um, and we saw a lot of rehabilitation you know there were a lot of once we got older you know my father would tell us a lot of prison stories Um, And this was before before all the prison shows and everything. (laughs) Before Orange is the New Black. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure, you know, the the SAES podcast, I'm not sure who this is going to so I'm going to leave most of those stories um, out. Um, But there are a lot of, you know, dynamics that operated in those systems as far as corrections and social work uh, where I think There was a big part of me that was like, I don't want to be in any of those realms, but I do want to serve. I've had and continue to have strong parents that have always supported me. Those are just gifts. I didn't do anything to deserve them. Um, I didn't do anything to earn it. I have just been given these gifts, these ordinary, ordinary gifts, health, thinking, I have the activity of my limbs, I can you know, form congruent thoughts. Um, and these are gifts not that not given to everyone. And so if I've been given them by no effort of my own, then who am I to keep them to keep them to myself? So many people helped me. Um so many Uncle Uncle Carlos, uh, Aunt Uncle Troy, um brother Marvin, brother Ola. Like there have been so many people in my life that didn't need to and didn't have to. Dr. Jones, um, mm-hmm. And they just, for some reason, um, decided to take time, that mm-hmm. only asset that we, the only thing that we can't get more of. And they decided to take that and spend it with me. Mm-hmm. And conversations and um, direction and just exploring and taking value in what I thought. You know, they would ask me, these were grown individuals that would ask me questions and value my thoughts. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was just phenomenal I just want to give other people that experience um, because it's been given to me and I I've done nothing to deserve it
0: I love that you brought up that time is just the most uh, finite resource right we uh, it, it's such a gift to give your time to somebody and I and I, I love that you pointed that out thank you you have a lot of gratitude for for so much in your life is that something you've always practiced where does where does your gratitude come from
1: the biggest effect probably comes from my father. Hmm.
0: Tell me about my him. My father,
1: um, he's a—he's an awesome guy. Hmm. Um, I have to say it. And um, it's interesting because the way that we grew up is very different than our relationship now. Because um, he was 16 years in the military and then hmm. 25 years in corrections. So you're hmm. talking about 41 years of a certain mannerism and a certain way sure. uh, to carry yourself. So what about the last... 10 to 15, um, we've been able to build like almost like friends, mm-hmm. uh, but those first 20, it was you know, sergeant and private,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: it, it was very um, didactic. But I saw my father was interested, I think he got an award for 10 years, he never missed a day. Um, and I would see him, like, we had snow, we have Virginia snow, so Virginia snow one inch closes schools. <laughs> 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 it's not like New York or, or one inch, but it could be one inch of snow, which, you know, there was no reason to close. Could be one inch of ice, which everybody's falling off the roads. We just, we don't prepare. There may be some salt down. You never know. <laughs> we're caught, you know, we're not quite south. We're not quite north. We're kind of in the middle of everything. And so for a while, he drove an hour and a half to work and an hour and a half home. Uh, so he was three hours on the road, I think for about one or two years when he transitioned from the military to home. And he would just take cinder blocks and throw them in the back of the van um. to weigh it down so that he could drive up and down the roads. He would get up early in the morning and then he would work and he would come home and he never complained. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't learn till later that some of the places that he was a correctional officer and that he had seen a lot of stuff. Um, because he didn't tell me until we, uh, until I was grown, that he actually saw this and you know saw that yeah. and saw some very um, heart wrenching activity. But um, he even my phrase when people ask me, "Hey, how you doing?" I can't complain. That's that's pops, you know. Mm-hmm. That's him. He he just never he was all and he still is always so grateful. You know, hey pops, how you doing? I open my eyes, so I'm good. You know, like (laughs) that's that's him, and you know, I think he's he's been fortunate enough to have much to have little. You know, he's been up and down Mm -hmm. this, and it's just never changed who he was and um, who he is. You know, he every time I talk to him, he just reminds me what's important. You know, so I've you know, pops, I went here, I went there. You know, did you say hi to the kids? Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. All right, because that's what's important. You know, where are my kids? Where is Elliot? Where is Suleiman? Where is Phineas? The, the older he gets, because a lot of times we joke. Oh, well, Pops, where was this when I was growing up? You didn't seem to be as concerned. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I was growing up, we would be asleep and he would get up early and he would come in. So it's time to wake up. It's time to wake up. It would be like three or four o'clock in the morning. We didn't have to get up to like six. You know, I shouldn't have to walk by. You're almost grown. I shouldn't have to walk by a man sleeping. If I'm a man, and you're a man. We should all be up. It's time to be up. It's morning time. <laughs> so, so he was very. Um, this would be this would be three four o'clock in the morning. Oh my and so he would leave like four thirty, and I would look at my brother, and he would look at me, and we would just go back to sleep. Like it was yeah. it was entirely too early. But he would he did that. And now four o'clock in the morning, I roll over. Do you? And I'm up. I'm I'm pretty cheery about it. You know, to the the chagrin of many people around me. You know, so So a lot of of, of who I am is definitely him. When we talk, we joke. If there's any blemish, anything about you. I'm a little, I would be considered on the taller side, about six feet, six one. My dad would be considered on the shorter side, about five, five foot five. Um, And so all his jokes about being tall. You know, what I mean, like, you know, and he's just whatever it is about you, is joking, and it, it, it becomes banter. Um, but it was, it was preparation, you know, because as great as this world is, not everyone's gonna like you, and you're gonna have some, some altercations with individuals where there mm-hmm. may be some things said, you know. But after pops finished with you, you're okay. You know, you're, mm-hmm. you're, you you'll, you'll be fine. It was mm-hmm. all done in love. And if there was an issue where you could bring an issue, so you could bring the issue to him. Um, and so, I don't know, he's, he's an, I could talk about him forever, but he's, he's an awesome guy. And I'm so thankful um, that he is still in my life and that he still cares. And hopefully we'll, we'll bring him over as well.
0: Yeah. The, I'm sure he's traveled a lot through the, through being in the military, but has he ever been to Saudi before?
1: No, no, he mm-hmm. did. We did bring him to the UAE. It was interesting because we, we were there for six years and for five years, he didn't do anything. And so, on the sixth year, we brought him out. He had an awesome time, and then COVID hit. Uh, so we saw COVID kind of coming. So we brought him early, and then he left early. We did, really didn't get to do everything that we wanted to do, but I think it kind of tickled his palate. For okay, this mm-hmm. is not, this is not too bad. So we mm-hmm. are so excited um, to kind of bring him to Saudi and just spend some time with him. Because that's, in the end, it's it's really about that. Like it, when he came. You know, parents are getting older and things like that. So, it was like, okay, I'm going to put you off in the room, you know, close the doors. You know, the children are being too loud. And he was like, you know, because he calls me Dario. My name is Darian Odell Batten. He just jams them all together. So, he he said, Dario, you don't need to close no doors around here. You know, but just leave the door open. The kids are fine. That's what kids are supposed to do. They're supposed to walk around the house, you know. So, he's just, I don't know. He just never phased. Nothing, you know. Kids jumping on him at sixty-five, mm-hmm. he's fine. He's just always consistent, always positive, and just always thankful for the little things. Mm-hmm. You know, man, this is a good home-cooked meal. I appreciate that. Just the little things. And I just, I try to. If I could be half the man that dude is, I'd be, I'd be all right.
0: That's amazing. I want to meet your dad.
1: Hey.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, do you, do you tell him that? Do you tell him how much you admire him?
1: See, see, there you, there you go, Mike. I was feeling pretty good about the interview <laughs> on TV. <laughs> I'm sorry. Come on, Angela, come on. Um, I, didn't, <laughs> I was feeling good about how it's going to sound on the airwaves. And man, this is. And then you ask these reflective questions. Um, I need to do better. Sometimes I believe in the banter, mm. uh, the love is not expressed. And growing up that way, um, we just started telling each other we love each other. Probably about five, when the kids were born, you know. Cause I'm not even sure they really loved us until we had grandchildren. So you <laughs> got put back in the will. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know. But I, I need to, I need to do a better job, a much better job of really just telling man. Because I'm not even sure if I, I've told him all of this.
0: Mm, It's Um, hard. It's hard to do.
1: When when we were growing up, it made me think. When when I was in college, I had um, my dad was really big on, you know, hey, son, you need to have an old car. It needs to break down on you so you know how to fix it. So Mm. I had in like 2010, it was a beautiful car. It was a red BMW, old school. (laughs) We had done some work on it. And so what he would do is he would just call uh, sparingly and say, Dario, how's the car (laughs) door? And i was like, the car's okay. He was like, all right, bye. Hang up the phone. I was like, okay. All right, then he would call back a couple of weeks later. Dario, how's the car doing? (laughs) (laughs) No, the car's doing fine, Pops. Mm -hmm. He was like, okay, bye. Hang up the phone. So what I noticed was for him, you know, because you're breaking out of Two institutions in the military and corrections, Mm. where the less that you express, the better. You know, um, to kind of moving to a a stage in your life where the more you express, it's you know the better. Mm. And so I learned that. How's the car doing? Meant, Dario. How are you? Mm. Do you need anything? Um, Mm. Do I need to come up there and and fix it? Um, Mm. Do you need me to put some some dollars in your hands? Do you do you need everything? all the care and consideration on all mm-hmm. the heartfelt notions that he wanted to express mm-hmm. was in house card door cuz he he was a shade tree mechanic for the neighborhood so if your car yeah. broke down you pulled it up into Reginald Batten's yard he tinker with it all right i need you to come to this auto part uh, yeah. we need and you know <laughs> And usually he would just kind of bite apart, put it on, and then just have the person come and they would leave. You know, it may be there for two or three weeks, but, you know, it never, <laughs> never really charged for anything. And so we just started learning to break that barrier. And I need to do more because I'll say a lot of jokes and I don't necessarily say, I love you, man. You're my hero. Man, I really appreciate you just always being there, always supporting me.
0: Now, Darren, you're a father yes ma'am three kids
1: (laughs) yes ma'am yes ma'am Elliot is Elliot is Elliot is (laughs) 8 Phineas is 7 Suleiman is 5 and it's just because all their birthdays are August on all of our birthdays really all for the whole family and so they start in August, you know, uh, seven, you know, five three or whatever it may be, eight six four, and then by December, they're, you know, nine seven five. But right. you have to remember,
0: what kind of father would you describe you are, and how has your the way your dad is like? How how does that show up in in the dad you are for your kids?
1: Um, I would describe myself as doing the best I can with what I have. <laughs> I, I, I probably, I will hope I'm a fun father.
0: You sound fun.
1: I try, <laughs> I, I try to be. You know, sometimes I'm just loud, and that's it, Daddy. <laughs> loud and fun are not the same. Like <laughs> sometimes I'm just loud, but I, I try to have you know fun. I can remember my father playing with us. Mm-hmm. Um, he was really big on remote control cars and. Um, trains and I rockets and so I do that stuff with my own son. I think and my own uh, daughter as well. Uh, remote control cars. I think we do a lot more. I'm more of a bug, insect nerd as well, and Pokemon, magic, the trading card game type of nerd as well. Um, and so we do all those. We also like to write. So my daughter's really big into mm-hmm. writing and writing stories. Cool. So we try to explore a lot of interest. Together. I think it's interesting because my dad was a very, um, Mr. Dario, you can't have a relationship without discipline. And so he was disciplined first, and then after that, we can do everything else. I think I tried it that way and still implement a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had to figure out my own way of kind to, of trying to put that um, into practice. Um, and so I would say that discipline and respect, of course are like mantras mm-hmm. um, I would say fun really getting to know who uh, each individual child is and really pour into them and pour into the interest of them and I can kind of see that as as we've gotten older he's done the same with us with myself mm-hmm. and my brother just pouring into us and so most of what I know is from him you know I haven't started waking them up at four in the morning yet (laughs) but but soon you know once you cross over to the double digits then hey four in the morning
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh that's amazing Well, I I I just thank you so much for being so like I I I guess the word is honest with, with about your dad um that sounds like it's a really uh, it sounds like you have a really, a really lovely relationship with him. And right? it's huge. It's yeah, huge to have that. It's everything. I have a question about, about COVID. What's your COVID story?
1: Ooh, COVID was really, really tough. My biggest reflection was the fact that I'm more of an extrovert than I would have liked to believe. Mm. Um, I thought I was an introvert with extroverted qualities. Not at all. I need people. <laughs> like, <laughs> I need people and I need them bad. It made me just reflect on different and various ways to reach out and um, to connect. Our family was in a tough position. We were in the UAE and the children were at home. So we had all young kids uh, four, six, and eight, somewhere around that spectrum. Um, sure. and, then, <laughs> and they were online, you know, oh, so you God. have these young children online. You know, with the, not that much of attention span, we don't have much technology in our house, and but there in the background where we're teaching online, I mean, it was just, it was really, really tough. But I do have to say, um, it really strengthened the relationships um, mm-hmm. in our family. One, because we all got on each other's nerves so much that after COVID, we're not sure if anybody else could get on our nerves in the same manner. Like mm-hmm. our nerves are strong, nerves of steel. Right. Um, because they were rubbed wrong for long periods of time by us and we still had to wake up and love each other in the morning. Mm-hmm. I think it made us resilient in our tolerance for mm-hmm. each other as a small close-knit family. Sometimes now we have a hard time branching out of the house at times because we, mm-hmm. we got mm-hmm. so f- you know connected and familiar in our board games and mm-hmm. you know we're doing all these things together as a family that and we're so comfortable with each other that it was, I believe, in the beginning kind of difficult to branch back out. Uh, COVID, it caused us really um, to reflect on each other, um, who we are, you know, as a, as a husband, you know, my wife Alicia as a wife, as a father, as a mother. Who do you want to be? It, it brought everything back to those bare bones of what really mm-hmm. matters in life. Um, mm-hmm. It was really interesting one thing we did miss though was because of it we got to have morning walks which was awesome I think that moment of pause uh, was amazing so um, it was hard the interesting thing was I originally was supposed to come over here during that time and then the offers kind of had to be rescinded because of the global pandemic Um, Um, so it was really interesting that and the only reason that this specific timeline is the one in which I have is because of COVID Mm -hmm. Um, so I think it's very difficult for myself to look back during that time and really kind of dig out those emotions because it was so many. Mm-hmm. It was, Sometimes I feel like I'm talking about COVID. And I'm like, oh, man, this is the positive stuff. That was awesome. And then sometimes I feel like I'm talking about COVID. And I'm like, man, this if this happened mm-hmm. again, I'm not sure if we would survive. And sometimes I feel like I'm talking about COVID. And it's like, oh, we were kind of in the middle of the road. COVID is... Uh, it's going to be something you know, that's in the history books, um, sure. but it, it causes a myriad of, uh, mm. of emotions. And um, I think the one that I connect with now is, man, you're much more of an extrovert. You need people. Mm. Um, we started having PDs, and I was like, oh, this is awesome. Talking to yeah. people, hearing people's stories. It's just, I, I'm i more, much more of an extrovert than I would like to admit.
0: I really appreciate you volunteering to go first.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening to Just to Know You. If you know anyone who you think has a great story to tell, we would love to hear about it. Please send an email to either Angela, Darian, or Kent. We
0: would like to thank our amazing tech man, Mr. Kent Ayunora, Derling McDonald for the podcast music, and the SAES community. See you next time.